Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020 and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. I'm Lara Lightbody, the producer of this show. Apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in, and at the same time preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. I'm Kate Winter. I'm speaking to you from Cambridge in England. I am a mother of two and I'm also a writer, illustrator and artist. I am on day 35 of Shelter at Home. I'm sheltering with my husband and my two children and our cat. So I am a writer and illustrator of children's books and I usually work from home on my own in my studio at the bottom of the garden. And that is where I am. So I am quite a hermit naturally, and I don't spend a lot of time with other people. So it's quite strange for me because so little has changed in that respect. The big change has been having the children around. That is quite a struggle. Although I am quite used to that in the summer holidays at Easter, it's something I've kind of always coped with. So I've always been pretty freelance. But the problem is right now, it all feels a bit like an endless summer holiday. While I can balance out my work and I can spend half the day in my studio and half the day with them, I just at the moment don't feel like I'm getting headspace to get my work done. So that is quite hard and feels like it's really slowing things down quite a lot. I am sitting in my studio, which is at the bottom of the garden. This is another reason I feel so lucky because I have this studio that I built with my dad maybe five years ago. And I can walk out of that house and come down here and shut the door. I imagine there are not many people who have that situation. So I feel very lucky there. I did in the first few weeks have quite a lot of visits from my children. And I've now put tissue paper up over the window so that no one can see me when I'm in here and be tempted to come and knock on the door. And I'm contemplating making a big sign as well saying, do not disturb. Because I mean, there was a lot of mummy, this, mummy, that, which was quite frustrating. And you know, with Joe's work, because he's doing therapy, no one knocks on his door. You know, it's very, very strict, very clear that he can't be disturbed. So I need to kind of make that you know, the rule with my work too, although it's much harder for them to understand, obviously. So that's one window that's covered in tissue paper 
but the other window I'm looking out of, I can see my neighbour's garden, which is gorgeous. It's like a mini orchard at the end with maybe five little dwarf apple trees and plum trees. Birds all day long. Our garden backs on to other gardens. It used to be, back in the old days, apple orchards. All the gardens of our street. Ah, oh, okay, hang on. The blackbirds at this time of year are unbelievable because it's all the babies, all the little fat chubby babies waddling around on the ground, you know? They come down and they feed off the ground and they hop, they only fly very short distances up into their nests. They almost feel tame because they're right, you know, there and unable to fly away, so that's gorgeous. And of course we've been doing loads of digging in the garden, so we've had robins and the birds are wonderful here. The rules in Cambridge around shelter at home. So you are not meant to gather with anyone in public places. We are allowed to go for an hour's walk for exercise each day. So we can do that. We are also allowed to go to shops, food shops to buy essentials. Some people have deliveries set up with supermarkets, but we've never, ever done that. So unfortunately, we haven't got a kind of regular slot and anyway, I think they are being reserved for elderly people and people who are perhaps more susceptible to becoming very, very ill with this virus. So we don't do that. And we, it means we have had to go to supermarkets, which is quite weird. It's quite nerve wracking, actually. I've been once. Joe's been the other few times. But, you know, we have to go. We have to go for my parents as well, who I will not let go. We've got lovely neighbours around the corner who get a, a delivery and they occasionally will add things on for us. So that's good. But we also get things for the family that moved into the Airbnb next door. So we have this Brazilian family who moved in the week of lockdown, thinking they were coming to Cambridge to do a language course. And they're stuck here. Her husband is in Central Africa, stuck there. So we're kind of looking after them. Because, you know, they don't have a car, they can't get to supermarkets and all of these things. And also our gorgeous neighbours who are kind of looking after us happen to be Brazilian. So they're also getting things for our neighbours too. And that's one of the other great things about this whole experience is the community spirit. If you walk around Cambridge in the city centre, it's very, very strange because, of course, there are no students and no tourists who make up a huge part of the population here. So that is quite weird. I mean, it is totally empty. And, of course, there are no punts going up and down the river. So the river is like a glass. I mean, if it's not windy, it's stunning. It's just this totally flat river reflecting all these beautiful buildings. So it is incredible actually, to walk around at this time. In the centre of town, none of the shops are open. I mean, there's some of them are boarded up, it's, so it's quite sad to see that. The market, however, is still going. There are food stalls on the market selling vegetables and bread and things like that. There's also a cycle repairman there. So there are certain things that are still going on. But if we go for a walk locally, 
you know, we bump into loads of people. It's quite busy when you go out to the river or to Midsummer Common, our local green spaces. Those areas, there are a lot of people. And of course, they're all your local friends because another rule of the lockdown is you're not meant to drive to get to your exercise. You're meant to just walk locally. And the reason for that is that they don't want emergency services to have to come out and help cars that are breaking down or accidents with cars, etc. I love that rule. I mean, we're lucky because we have so much on our doorstep, but I do think it gives a lovely feeling to your day, to your walk, the fact that everyone from your area are kind of walking around together. So you do bump into people. You'll stand at kind of, you know, five meters away and go, hi, how's it going? (laughs) Which is really funny. But it's lovely because in a funny way, I'm talking to people I don't really know that well. You know, people I might see in the school playground, but you see someone you know, you see a face you know, and you're like, hi, how are you? It's, It's... it's like being in another country and you know you stumble across someone from your hometown and you become best friends there are things that I will never forget about this lockdown one of them is our family time for sure that's a big thing and having that extra bit of time with our teenage son who otherwise would be out in town with his friends that's a massive deal He's really busy normally at weekends with his football, with his drama group. You know, he's not doing that. So we have these stretches of time together. And that is a total gift. We were missing that evening family time because we were both just trying to juggle so many things. Because I think that's one of the best things about this crazy situation. We're all together as a family. And it's, that is unusual, isn't it, in this day and age? It's unusual. We go away on a summer holiday for two weeks, but whenever we have the kind of four days at the end of a holiday on our own as a family, we have the absolute best time. And we always say, my God, we've got to be together more, you know, as a unit. And away from all distractions, I mean, away from phones and gadgets, that's been harder to get away from this time, all of that kind of online. But I want to hold on to that family connection. It's really important to us. In a weird way, Joe and I have often this last year talked about the idea of just upping sticks and going to live in, you know, the countryside in India. Or you know what I mean? These kind of crazy ideas because of that need to like hold our family closer. So that is exactly what this lockdown has done. It's enforced that time together. But also friends from abroad friends that we don't hang out with, you know, regularly, suddenly there is that ability to connect. That definitely has changed some of those relationships, I think. And I just think, why on earth have I never done this before? Like, why have I never done Zoom with you before? Or I have, but you know, regularly. Like, it seems mad. We should have a cocktail night (laughs) every bloody two weeks. Why don't we do that? I suppose the time difference is tricky. But checking in, when I'm doing Zoom with friends, I do feel like I've seen them. I know you can't hug and you can't be in the same room, but you do feel like you've seen that person and really enjoyed their company. So I think that's going to be a change I'm going to make in the future, which is amazing. 
we went to our first online wedding at the very beginning of the lockdown. And they were so lucky because they were the last wedding in the country in Brighton. Because their wedding should have been, I don't know, two weeks into the lockdown. But the registry office called them up and said, look, we've got a slot this afternoon. We're closing tomorrow. Do you want it? <laughs> and so they did it. And that was gorgeous. And although we weren't kind of on Zoom with loads of people or anything, we were just watching a camera. It was still such a lovely thing to be witnessing that. And they were able to have, you know, 200 people at their wedding instead of the kind of 30 they would have had. So that, I think, was really beautiful and special for them because I think there is nothing more important than having all of your friends and family back you in something like marriage. You do suddenly look around and realise, oh God, well, I'm not, we're not going out at the moment. So maybe there's something, I could tidy that drawer, I could sew up that broken top. And the one thing that I have been longing to do for years is learn how to do a Rubik's Cube. And I have done it. And I'm very proud of myself. Very proud. If you've never done it, it's quite easy. And this is something else. All these geeky people who basically can do Rubik's Cubes and have been showing off for years that they can do them, like my nephews and people like that. I'm sorry, it's really not that hard. <laughs> You're just learning an algorithm. I mean, it's so funny. It's all of those things that are total mysteries to you. Or as an artist, you just think, oh, no, never. That's not how my brain works. But ugh, what a load of nonsense. It's really easy and very satisfying. <laughs> I've, what I've got to do now is start timing myself. I have been quite stressed and I have definitely got to moments in the day where I've just been like, ah, just go away everyone, leave me alone, which is awful. And everyone's feeling anxious and stressed. It's, you know, we're all together and it's all a bit mad. This is something everyone is going through. I need to just stop for a moment and remember what's important. Let certain things go. It just doesn't matter. I think I've got to go with all those things. The other thing that has saved the day on many, many occasions is laughing. One day I started behaving really silly, like clowning around and being, I don't know what had happened. I was just in a grumpy mood or whatever. And then I just decided, I just suddenly, something clicked in me and I started like clowning around and giggling. And the kids giggled and it was lovely. And it was like, and that was a massive shift in that day. And I realized, you know, laughter is really important. The kids, kids want to see you laugh and be silly. They want to see that everything's okay and you can still mess around. So that's the big thing because my goodness, it's hard. It's hard to laugh at times like this. We kind of definitely overstretch ourselves socially, normally. And that's a massive negative that we have, that we try and do too much. It's silly. So in lots of ways, we're learning what's healthier for us as a couple and just as for our own well-being. So that's a big thing and something I will change. I have to change that and make that more permanent. This morning, I was a wreck. I was exhausted because some helicopter had been hovering above our house all night and I had not slept. I was just feeling so anxious about work because over Easter I did nothing because it was like holidays and everyone was in a totally different mindset. And I was very, very stressed. I said probably lots of really horrible things, but there was something important about letting all that emotion out because I feel so much better now 
And I've then had a little time looking at your questions before I came on here. And I thought, actually, all of that emotion, all of that letting go and releasing and saying how I felt, I did express to the kids, you know, I'm worried. I need to find time to work. I need to find time to focus. And I don't want to find that I can't finish this book. It's really important. And actually having that conversation, being really straight with them was a really important thing and made me feel a lot better. So I think that that is how I cope. Although perhaps this morning I felt like I was coping really badly. It was probably the best thing that I came to that eruption of emotion. It was a good thing, reminding myself to just live in the moment. That's what all of this is about, isn't it? I mean, that is what all of this is about, living in the now. Because you can't think about the future. Because we have no idea. And we have no idea what's going to change. The thing is, I feel in such a privileged position that I find it really hard to say something that other people who aren't in such a privileged position might just go, what? Fuck off. (laughs) I'm doing the best I bloody can. Although it's really important to observe these rules, like really important to observe this distance, it's not a sin to stand in a park 10 meters away and say hello to someone and to reach out to someone and be warm. And for someone who needs, really needs to see someone else, another adult, my feeling is that it's okay to do that. And of course, we not everyone can do that. We all have to make sacrifices. I completely agree with that. But I feel that in some situations where someone is really vulnerable, I think it should be okay to see someone from afar or pop to their house and stand nearby and just say hi and give them your love. It's got to be, hasn't it? Thank you for listening to Coexisting. It's Lara Lightbody, the producer of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, here is where I need your help. Hit the subscribe button so Coexisting comes up automatically in your feed. Secondly, write a review and rate with stars, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if there's anyone out there that you think would make a great guest, just get in touch. I'm on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn as Coexisting Podcast. That way, that many more people will find us.